0: You're just trying to get through the day. You're barely able to keep up, keep everything together, work, school, friends, life, love, sleep. How do you get everything done? Where do you find the time? What about your friends? What about you? How are you supposed to balance life? It's a question every young person faces day in, day out as they struggle to find success. And what does success even mean anymore if in the pursuit you've given up so much? The world wants to take all of your time and all of your energy and you only have so much to give that at the end of the day, you feel like there's nothing left for you. So now what? When the light at the end of the tunnel of finding some form of stability and balance seems to get further and further away, dimmer and dimmer, what do you do? Where do you go? Well, there may be hope yet, and we're here to talk about it. So let's have a Heart and Soul conversation. You're listening to Heart and Soul, a podcast from the Iglesia Christo Church of Christ. I'm your host, Martin Zeruto, and I'll be interviewing young adults from across the world who are living Christian lives, but are also dealing with real-world problems. This is Heart and Soul. Welcome to Heart and Soul. Our guest for today is Philip Sekondis. Philip is from New York. He's 26 years old and is in school studying full-time to become a physical therapist. He's also very active in his personal fitness, often going to the gym, and very active in his faith, holding multiple responsibilities at church. He also happens to be in a very happy relationship if he didn't have enough on his plate already. How's it going, Philip? How's it going, bro? I'm fine. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Are you excited? Very. Have you ever recorded a podcast before?
1: This is going to be my first.
0: Awesome, me too. And uh, our second guest is Shannon Santa Maria, calling in from Hawaii. She is 22 and was in school full time until she recently graduated with a double A degree. She's working full time at our very own Inc Media Services as an editor and host. She is currently single and is committed to multiple responsibilities at church. Aloha, Shannon.
2: Aloha, Martin. How are you? I'm doing good. It's always nice to be here.
0: Awesome. And we also have, of course, joining us today, Minister of the Gospel, Brother Richie Watko, husband and advocate of eating healthy and staying fit both in mind, body, and spirit. Hello, Brother Richie. How are
3: you? How are you, Martin? Thank you so much for inviting me in this episode.
0: All right. So the topic of our episode is uh, finding the balance, the success in the struggle. Now we're going to jump right in to our first article. And I'd like to get uh, your thoughts, Philip and Shannon, on, on this article from the Boston Globe. The millennial generation, the first to grow up with smartphones in their hands, is often stereotyped as lazy and entitled. But workplace experts actually say that they're more common to be known as workaholics among the 19 to 35-year-olds, perhaps more so than the previous generations. And in an online study, more than 4 in 10 millennials consider themselves quote-unquote work martyrs, dedicated, indispensable, and racked with guilt every time they ask for some time off. And what's more, nearly half of millennials want to be seen that way. Philip Shannon, thoughts?
1: I think that the first statement that you made about the millennial generation being stereotyped as lazy or entitled—I think it's—it's it's hard, first off, to make generalized statements in terms of uh, generational gaps like that. There's definitely a lot of factors that kind of play into that, such as you know, economic background, familial upbringing, social interactions, what have you. Right. But um, I think it's very individualistic. I think that the reason why born ten millennials consider themselves workaholics is because they don't really have any other option. I think I was listening to this podcast the other day where they're they're talking about how a majority of the money in the US right now lies within like the baby boomer generation. Right. And so I feel that we have a higher mountain to climb versus, you know, these older generations. And so I think that's where this hard working mentality kind of comes from in our generation.
0: Right. It's like, hey, go out and get a job except your your dad and your grandfather still have those jobs so
1: exactly yeah you know that there's just less capital for us
0: right Shannon
2: I totally agree with Philip. I mean, everyone has their own circumstances when it comes to socioeconomic, you know, your lifestyle and how you go about achieving those, you know, overcoming those challenges. But I think what a lot of the stereotype or how we're supposedly stereotyped is because of the amount of materialistic things we have now. I feel like the more we attain, the harder we have to work. And even a lot of the times we have to help our families with that. I don't think a lot of that is foreseen. All those factors are foreseen. So being dedicated and devoting your time and work, it's something that's become actually a lifestyle. I mean, if you're considered someone who just stays at home, you kind of get a negative connotation towards right, it. Right. Like you just stay at home, you don't have a job.
0: So it's true. Like you get guilted. Like, look at them. They're out there yeah. working 10 hours a day and you're at home.
2: Yes. I feel like that's the common belief that a lot of the young workers in our working society have right now. Right, right. And even it's even seen in a lot of the cultures and the media that you see today. I mean... You, you see movies where it's like, oh, he's 30 and he's not working. He's at home with his parents. I mean, there's definitely a negative connotation.
0: They haven't moved out at 18 and they're not living on their own and, you know, working three jobs. It's yeah. just a
1: bunch of social expectations, you know? Right,
0: right. Do you guys feel like growing up, you know, you're in your 20s when you got your first real job, did you guys feel like I have to be seen as somebody who's always working all the time, the, the martyr who's always taking the extra shift, who's doing the overtime, who's ready to say yes to whatever the boss wants?
2: I definitely feel like even at a younger age, um, I went to a school that was very well privileged. So everyone at that school was very well off. And at a young age, I already felt the social pressures with that where I had to, I feel I felt like I had to have this financial means right. to be able to sustain that materialistic lifestyle. And uh, it's funny that you, that you say that actually, because with attaining and working harder, sometimes you're just so focused on just making that money or just devoting yourself to that job because you feel like it's the only option you have right. in fitting in with the social culture of this world
0: right. where did you uh where did you grow up shannon
2: i grew up in san diego, san diego california right and i went to olympian high school so there were a lot of students who got like mercedes for their 16th or 18th birthday and i felt like i had to compete with that
0: philip where did you grow up
1: i was born and raised in san francisco california oh, there you go
0: similar to shannon
1: yeah, very similar. I mean, I don't know how many of our listeners have been to San Francisco, but it is one of the like up and coming cities, very expensive to uh, live in. The cost of living is extremely high. I think um, I just saw the other day, it's like almost $4 just for a gallon of gas. Wow. But um, definitely, you know, right up that same alley as, as uh, Shannon. I was fortunate enough to, you know, live in a family and have parents who supported me throughout all of my schooling. But, you know, I think most of the social pressure or the pressure to work is, you know, rooted in how hard they work and trying to emulate how hard they work and the example that they set for me. So I definitely could have gone by without working, but just to instill that hardworking mentality for myself, I um, set out to get a job when I started college.
0: Oh, I see. And uh, Brother Richie, first of all, where did you grow up and did you have a similar um, maybe social pressures to get into the
3: workforce and start climbing the career ladder uh, as early as possible? I grew up in the LA area. You know, every time I hear like millennials or millennial generation, sometimes as all three of you mentioned, you know, sometimes it generalizes because maybe it's not just those in that age. I think just times in general have changed. Right. You know, so technology is different and definitions of of certain things change as well. Technology we know as time goes on, normally technology is used to help people, like kind of make things a little more convenient. We're able to connect with each other. We're able to do certain things that we don't have to manually do anymore. So uh, when it comes to like work or being a workaholic, sometimes that would be different from um, 20, 30 years ago, what a workaholic is, what uh, how much someone puts into their craft. But the one thing that I do know, whatever generation or whatever age someone is, when it comes to work, Uh, We know that work is something that we do, not only because, you know, we have to. It's an instruction. God commands us to work for what we need. But there's something that we should also understand, that when it comes to everything that we need to do, when it comes to our different responsibilities, we can balance everything needed. And the reason why we say that is because that's what is recorded in the Bible. In fact, if I can, I'll quote what's written here in Ecclesiastes Three, one. It says, for everything, there is an appointed season and there's a proper time for every project under heaven. So we have time to do what we have to do. It's just, it's a challenge to make sure everything fits and, and everything balances.
0: Definitely. And I think it was a great point that you had mentioned earlier, Brother Richie, in terms of technology. I remember when I was 17 or 18, I was working retail. You know, I loved it. It was at the mall, you know, you're working with your friends, you know, discount on clothes. And uh, whenever the manage the regional manager would come in, you know, if you make sure the store looks great, they would come in and they would have this thing that's, tied to their belt. And and I remember her pulling it out and it was this small black device and she's clicking away. And I'm like, is that a, that's not a cell phone, but it has like a keyboard and everything. And I asked my, my buddy, I was like, what does she have? And they're like, oh, that's a Blackberry. And I instantly associated that somebody who had advanced in life and who was in a position of power, who was always working and was successful, had this device that they were able, I was like, oh, they're, they're, they're emailing and they can check the internet and everything on this one device. And I was enamored by this technology that allowed you to stay connected. And then exactly to Brother Richie's point is that as we got older, you kind of realized that this technology didn't, while it made it easier to communicate, it actually added more workload because now you're so accessible and you have access to so many things from the workplace that's beyond the nine to five traditional work hours that you are actually doing more work instead of, you know, during the times where you should be balancing it out with other things and more important things. I think there was a law somewhere in Europe where they banned like emails, like you can't check your phone after five o'clock or something. Something. It was one of the countries in, in Europe because they knew that if you're always going to be on your phone, then you're technically always working, which is pretty awful. <laughs> so it's not just the Boston Globe, though, according to BuzzFeed. Millennials or young people have now become what is known as the burnout generation. And I saw this in the news the other day that the, the World Health Organization actually classified burnout as a, as a medical thing, I th- you know, maybe uh, Philippi can talk a little bit more about that. But the reason why we as young people have burnout is because we face a more, as we've mentioned, difficult and uphill climb socioeconomically than past generations. So this is what the article goes on to say. Financially speaking, most of us lag far behind where our parents were when they were our age. We have far less saved, far less equity, far less stability, and far, far more student debt, which is something I'd like to to touch on. As American business become more efficient, better at turning a profit around, and the next generation needed to be positioned to compete, we couldn't just show up with a diploma and expect to get a job that would allow us to retire at 55. In a marked shift from the generations before, millennials needed to optimize ourselves to be better uh, or the very best workers possible. So Shannon, fill up the thoughts on burnout. Have you ever experienced that before where you just kept pushing and pushing and pushing because you felt like you have to meet those socioeconomic
2: expectations? Actually, I started living on my own, like with my own rent at a very young age. So I believe like around 18 or 19 already, I was trying to pay off rent and working three jobs just to maintain the cost of living in San Diego was actually really expensive. And even though my mom was living with me, uh, she, she really, really needed help. We both needed to work together to be able to afford the place that we were staying. So there were times when I would go to school from 7 to 4 a.m. and then go to work 5 to 10 and then have another shift from midnight to 7 and then catch school the next day. And
0: Wait, when did you sleep?
2: Exactly. I didn't sleep. Oh. That was one of that was my problem. I didn't I didn't find time to rest and take care of myself.
0: That's brutal. Two three jobs plus school plus you know your responsibilities at church plus paying for rent. All of that. How old were you at the time?
2: I was. 19 actually yeah so only a couple years ago before i moved to hawaii uh, that happened um and a lot of my friends started getting really concerned because i just felt like i had to be the one to take care of my family as well to be that i had to be this independent person where i can't really ask for help because i want to be the one to give the help
0: so it's like you were experiencing burnout you just refused to acknowledge it or admit it
2: exactly exactly
0: philip what about you?
1: So, ironically, I feel that I experienced more burnout prior to um, starting this doctorate program. Oh wow! And I think, yeah, and I think it's because I, I kind of came into the game a little smarter. I gained a little bit more insight from you know other classmates or years ahead of me, and other other students who were already in the program um, ahead of me. A lot of what they said it was to you know just find time for yourself and um, make sure that you have a life outside of school but you know I've, I've definitely experienced burnout and a lot of that was you know signing up for all the programs that i was you know trying to to get interviews at so you know at one point i, I was having like two jobs uh, i was volunteering all the duties at church and then plus um, all the prerequisite courses so it, you know it definitely piles up but um you know like i said ironically after i started the program at nyit I kind of like took a step back and and gave myself more time outside of school. I prioritized that time for myself.
0: Right, what were some of those like cautionary tales that your friends who were a couple of years ahead of you telling you like, hey, if you don't find time for yourself, this is what's gonna happen, what were they telling you?
1: Actually, I have a story of um, he was a kid in, in my actual class. I think we were maybe just one, one week into anatomy and um, he actually ended up dropping out of the program you know, we were we weren't even one week into into the uh, into class. It was intro to anatomy, and um, I think the reason why he ended up dropping it was because one, you know, this is our our first exposure to a doctor level course, and then right. two, just the way that the program is set up. It's a, it's a summer um, session, so everything is uh, I guess sped up, right? So what we would learn in three months' time, when we're learning in a month and a half. And so I guess he he wasn't ready for that. He didn't mentally prepare himself and he didn't take the precautionary measures. And, um, you know, unfortunately, he ended up dropping out of the program.
0: Wow. Can't get that money back, eh? No, definitely not. That's brutal. I know for myself, and, you know, funny you mentioned the uh, the summer school. So I was in my mid-20s and uh, we had just started volunteering and, and helping out a lot uh, with uh, INC Media. Uh, which is the uh, the media branch of of the Church of Christ, and and we were able to to you know really find ways to to help in creating content and filming things for the church, and uh, I was I was at some dead end job, but I said well it's fine you know the job pays for my bills, but I do want to go back to school because um, I wanted to t- I had, I had finished a degree in in paralegal law. Uh, and I wanted to take another degree in communications and marketing because in my head, I thought, you know, whatever ends up happening, I know I'm going to keep helping out at INC Media. So I need to be educated in in the things that I want to help out with so that, you know, I, I, at least I have some sort of educational background. But And at the same time that I got accepted into that course, the school told me, unfortunately, your government funding was denied. So you're not going to be able to go to take this summer course and, and all of that stuff. And, and I didn't want to wait. I said, Well, I'm helping out the church now. I need to learn now. So I want to do this now. And they said, Well, you can try and get a job, but you can't do both. You can't get a full time job and then go to school full time, especially in a summer semester where everything, like you said, Philip, is condensed, right? It's it's a semester put into like a, a month or two months. Mm-hmm. So that was brutal. But I said, You know what? I'm going to do it. I got I to give this a shot. And uh, so I, I actually got a, a job full time. The job was nine to five, and the classes were during the day. So I, I went to every single professor and I said, Hey, so I've already paid for my classes or I'm, I'm in the process of paying for them. If I just hand in the assignments and go to the midterm and the final, is it okay if I miss all the tutorials? Because like, you know, like I'll eat the the participation percentage that you're supposed to have in those tutorials. And if I just submit everything I'm supposed to submit, can I just do this? And they're like, why would you do that? I'm like, because I, I just need to graduate. I'll, I'll figure it out. They're like, so then you're going to teach yourself. And I said, I'll figure it out because it was so important to me that, that I, I I completed that that portion of it, but still be able to pay for it. I didn't want to wait. I didn't want to wait. And so I remember I would go to my new job in training and I was like passing out because she's like explained to me the process of my job. I have the sheet and then I'm writing with my pen and then my pen's slowly trailing off the piece of paper and I'm dozing off. And I'm like, oh man, did she realize that I was falling asleep while she's explaining to me my new job? And then later on, They did like a review and they're like, okay, great, you finished your training session. And then at the bottom, it was like Martin exhibited signs of sleepiness and was falling asleep during training. (laughs) It's like, oh, no. But it worked out. It worked out. You know, I ended up, uh, you know, I I stayed in my job and I was able to complete the course. uh, And and I was able to graduate with that uh, bachelor's degree in, in, in communications. But it doesn't always have to be that way. You know, there's people out there who are like, oh, yeah, well, Philip is able to figure it out or Martin and Shannon. Um, Brother Richie, you know, does it always have to be that way? Does everybody have to, you know, just throw themselves in it and be like, ah, oh, I'll figure it out. You know, and, and if I have to not sleep and if I have to burn out, then I have to burn out. Is that really the best way to do it?
3: Well, you know, there are there are times where we do get burnt out. But, you know, as we're discussing how to balance everything, because everybody, you know, everyone has so many responsibilities that they're trying to cram together. It's true. And there's really only so much that we can do, right? There's only X amount of uh, time. There's only 24 hours in the day. So there's only, like we said, so much that we can do. Philip mentioned, you got to prioritize. Like if you can't do everything, what are the important things that you have to get to? So if you are going to get burnt out, there are some that they do get burnt out because that's the only choice that they have. Right. Or there are some. That get burnt out because that's the choice that they that they made. You know the situation that they that they made for themselves. Right. So to make sure that we are balanced, all right, the ambition that we have, the life that we want, there's always guidelines on how to to achieve that. We read earlier that uh, there's a proper time for everything. Allow me to read this in First Thessalonians 4:11. The advice coming from the Bible, it says, try your best to live quietly, mind your own business and to work hard just as we taught you to do. There's advice for us. So that the life that we have, we will be able to get to everything that we need. It says, try our best to live quietly, live a humble life. We don't need everything that we see, all right? Because we will get burnt out if, we, uh, if, if we're if we everywhere. We need everything. There are some times where we might see others, what they do, what they have. And that's also a desire that, that we have as well. But the Bible says, you know, make sure we mind, mind our own business. We live quietly. And this is something that it might be just a generalization, right? This is something that people don't want to do. That, that's why technology is, is helping that. They don't want to work hard. Like when it starts to become difficult, that's when some people aren't used to that. Have you guys right. heard of the term uh, work smarter, not hard. harder? harder. That's, uh, that's not half bad because it's only half true. You know, work smarter. Great. But we cannot not work hard. Right. Right. We have to work hard because that's the biblical truth that we should work hard. So when it does get difficult, we know we we keep going. We endure. We plow through. But we make sure that what we're working hard at is not something that something that we we shouldn't put our our focus in we have desires we have ambition we, we keep mentioning technology because that was the first article that we heard right right many might not want to miss out on the latest thing i think there's a term for that right you fomo uh, fomo what, what is that fear, fear of, of missing out of, of missing out right so they want to be everywhere that you will get burnt out that way technology is fine it's not it's not wrong but we have to use it properly in fact one more, it comes to mind that can help us here in First Corinthians 7.31. Uh, you know, those things that, that is being developed, that is being used by the world. The Bible says, those who use the things of the world should not become all wrapped up in them. The world as it is now exists, is passing away. So that's good advice for us to, to know. We live simply, do our best to prioritize And, you know, when we do burn out, it's not because we boxed ourselves in to a situation where we have no other choice. You know, we do our best to handle everything. And just like what was mentioned earlier, we really really prioritize.
0: Right. Is it safe to say also, Brother Richie, that uh, in in that earlier verse about, you know, try to live quietly, to not always have to complain about every single challenge or roadblock along the way? Because what I remember... In, in almost all of my my jobs, trying to progress in my career in the past and in, in, in school, sometimes you just gotta put your head down and do the work. You just gotta grin and bear it and get yeah. through it. That it, there's no such thing as a as a workplace or, or a situation in life where there's no challenge or struggle. So to kind of complain about every single thing and say it's never going to work out. I'm burning out. I, I have no time. But you know, but are you doing more time, spending more energy complaining or actually getting the work done? Is there something
3: to that as well? Yeah, definitely. If you if you're gonna do your best to live quietly Right, you live a you live a humble life. Right, right. It, it's not something where if it's not exactly how you want it, then something's wrong. You know, like whose fault is it? Is no, you know, we we always deal with what we have. It says, uh, you know, work hard and difficulties. That's part of life. You know, that is actually part of uh, everyday life. So it's something that we should be accustomed to, uh, should get used to. Maybe that's the, might be the generational difference, right? Because I, like we said, like millennial generation, it's not that they are a certain way and no one else is that way. It's just because of, you know, the times now, yeah. but, there are those that lived in a time where maybe some of the the conveniences weren't around right so so they did get used to things being not as convenient as as it is now mm-hmm. and maybe just maybe that might be the kind of the gap where one you know is used to it being a certain way and then when it's gone they they're not used to to it being that inconvenient right definitely you know? Definitely. And I think a lot of people
0: struggle with that, uh, which brings us to another article from theblissfulmind.com. And it points to five reasons why some people kind of struggle with, uh, you know, is this where my life should be? It's not as convenient as I want it to be. How do I balance all of it? And here are the five things that uh, they state as the reason why you're having a hard time one, you haven't defined what balance truly means to you. Two, you haven't been practicing self discipline. Three, you aren't being consistent with your actions. Four, you don't plan out your weekly schedule. And five, you aren't taking proper care of yourself. So a lot of the things that we've already talked about, and definitely a lot of the things that the, the Bible verses have covered, address a lot of these things. But for Philip and Shannon, you know, different career paths. What does balance mean to you guys? And, and how do you practice that self-discipline to make sure that you maintain that balance?
1: So I think that um, just kind of first on your list, I think that you need to establish what you, what is most important to you. Understanding what your priorities are and allotting enough time for those priorities. So, you know, for us, it's going to be church, first and foremost, our duties, and then it's going to be school or work, what have you. And then, you know, if you have time, social interactions, right? And always, you know, make time for self-care. And so I think finding a balance where all of those things are met is what balance means to me. Brother Richie was was talking about technology and a lot of those needs can be delegated through technology. So making use of technology with that, I think could help. 20 years ago, if you wanted to hang out with friends, you know, you would the only way you could really do it was, you know, you'd have to actually meet up in person, but now you could easily just FaceTime or text. So I think that's one way you guys can kind of save time and kind of fill that social interaction need you know, and set aside time for yourself. Even just like with TV, you'd have to wait a certain time to watch a certain show. But now Netflix or HBO Go or, you know, whatever, it's just so much more accessible. You can watch it on your own time. Exactly. You know, so just utilizing technology in that way and not abusing it and, you know, setting aside time for what is really important for you. I think that's how you can kind of find balance in
0: in life. And Shannon, you know, having graduated and being able to, you know, uh, work full time, you know, what have you learned in in finding that balance? What did that balance mean to you?
2: For me, it was a struggle finding balance at first, but ultimately finding balance, it meant that my spiritual, my physical, and my mental state, my mental health it was in line with each other. It was, it was coherent. It wasn't, one wasn't overpowering. I mean, I can plan out my whole day, but if that day is very stressful, I also understand that I need to take time away to make sure that my mental and my spiritual health isn't going to be uh, hindered or taken down from that busy schedule. And of course, planning everything out. When it comes to balancing, I need to make sure that I, knowing my priorities, knowing my priorities when it comes to balancing things is vital in knowing how much time you should spend towards something and to limit yourself like everyone says you know you just need to go full on like full force into it and then you know you'll get there but it also comes with being able to learn when to stop when to take a breather when to understand that okay you've done enough and you need to move on to something else sometimes you just need to focus on something else and then come back to your work and being consistent with that that mentality that okay i'm working towards this i'm making sure that i'm all all of these things are prioritized and of course when it comes to meeting those deadlines but also understanding that okay like once i meet those deadlines make sure that i can also focus on the other things that i've set for myself right, right. and i know that lately i've been seeing on social media actually a lot of women a lot of um, millennials these days i know that you guys have social media where they're all about you know you need to take self-care you need to take care of yourself of course that's very important but i feel like social media and the society the amount of importance they put on self-care can get carried away it's important to take care of yourself of course i'm not saying to not take care of yourself but there comes a point where you're so focused on taking care of yourself that you're not focused on the other priorities you have in life like there's a lot of women who okay i need to take care of myself and then it comes back biting them in the you know back in the butt basically where okay i'm gonna do retail therapy or i'm going to get a massage i'm gonna get a facial i'm gonna make sure my body and it it reverses on
3: retail therapy that's uh, the first, first time I heard that. It's, uh, Guilty. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. So also understanding that there's a certain point where you take care of yourself and taking care of yourself isn't just your physical needs, but your spiritual and mental needs too. Absolutely. And that taking care of yourself shouldn't be an excuse to not completing your work.
0: Yeah. And it's not, you know, this is a great segue. It's, it's not just a self-care in the material aspect. You don't have to go out there and, you know, have some sort of commodity as as a means to finding relief. To the stresses in life and that oh, self-care has to always be associated with a monetary purchase of some sort exactly. of material good, right? So interesting to note, you know, because people who are listening right now, you might be thinking, hold on, I'm, I'm in my 20s. I'm trying to accomplish my goals. So the articles earlier in this episode was talking about how we're burning out. It's hard to compete. And you're telling me that your guests are successful because they prioritize their spiritual needs. Well, interestingly enough, if you go to Pew Research, they have a research study with regards to college students and their faith. And here's what that study um, yielded. 72% of college graduates believed religion was very important or somewhat important in their lives. 69% would attend a religious service at least once a week or once or twice a month. And 51% would pray at least once during the day. So, Brother Richie, when we hear how Philip and Shannon and most members of the Church of Christ who are trying to find balance as they try to, you know, carve out their own careers in this world, when they find their success and their balance by prioritizing their faith and their commitment to their responsibilities at church, and then when we see the statistics that show that faith actually does play a key role in those who are trying to find success,
3: you know, what does that say? It is actually very nice to hear that with everything that's happening, you know, with Philip and, and Shannon Like how they prioritize putting God first, putting their church duties first, responsibilities when it comes to worshiping God, and it works out for them. That's not only nice to hear, it's a proof that what is written in the Bible is actually true because that's the advice that is given because there are so many things that have to get done. Because there's so many uh, worries that everyone has like everyone is worried about making sure they have what they need you know they, they have food on the table, they, they have clothes on their backs, they have clothes for their family. when you're trying to prioritize all of that, sometimes sometimes to many people worshiping God, Going to to worship service, that, that, that's on the back burner. But from what we uh, were able to hear, that that's actually what is prioritized. Why is it that those that do that, they get what they need as well? So here we can read. We said that, why is it that that actually proves God's words are true? Well, this is what is advised to us in Matthew 6, 31 to 33. This is actually what the Lord Jesus Christ himself teaches. He says, So don't worry at all about having enough food and clothing. Why be like the heathen? For they take pride in all these things and are deeply concerned about them. But your heavenly father already knows perfectly well that you need them and he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. So the truth of the matter is, if God is the priority, If we want to make sure we're living the way that he wants, everything that we need, we'll get that as well too, because he will give that to us. In that priority list, if he's number one, he's going to help us with number two, three, four, all the way down the list. That's why, you know, with all the other ways people can handle the different responsibilities, the stresses that they have. Shannon mentioned, there are times it could be stressful. You have to learn how to prioritize. There are those that, what was that term that you used? a uh, retail therapy right so it's just okay i need to i need to feel better so i'm going to go buy some stuff is that basically what that is yes okay so there's a lot of people that because because it's so easy to get what you want nowadays just like what philip mentioned right and that's actually not bad you know he was mentioning netflix or hbo go you know you don't have to wait for a show you can watch it on your own technology is fine if you use it the right way There's another way that you can use technology where it's basically just what you want all the time, every time. In the article that was mentioned earlier, all right, not having that self-discipline. Why is that dangerous? This is the danger that's recorded here in Galatians 5, 19 and 21. It says, it's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions ugly parodies of community, I could go on. This isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. That's actually the danger of not being self-disciplined. If one is used to getting their way all the time, all the time, the danger is not only just in this life. It says that you're going to be uncontrollable And one would not inherit God's kingdom or be saved on the judgment day. So that's something that we really want to take into account. It's not just what's happening, how we can get what we want. It's really that priority list. You know, once we have that priority list, once that's squared away, and that's actually uh, the right priority list, then technology can help, you know, technology can come in and help us to get the right goals that we need. But we really have to be careful that it is not always, you know, what we want, but we're actually prioritizing, as we read earlier, what does God want? And if we always line ourselves up with that, then we're going to be balanced. You know we'll be able to get to everything important in our lives that we need to. You know, once we have our priority list, if we mix up the list, that's when problems come about. So right. uh, I'll give you an example. If you say work and family, right, which one should go? above which? Family.
2: family.
3: Family, right? So family is prioritized over work. If you put work over family, you're going to have a problem, all right With, with your loved one. So it, it's your family that comes first. Actually, that's why you work. Okay. If it comes to work and leisure, Which one should be the priority? Work. Work, Work, right? You put leisure over work, you're going to have a problem, right? So God should be number one, right? Under God is the family that he has given us. Number three would be the work that he's instructing us to do. Four, five, leisure, everything else. But if you mix that, that list up, you put God under family. You put God under work. You put family under leisure, you you will run into problems. But if you can keep that list clear and you could keep that list concise and everything that you have to do, every time you you come to because we will come to conflicts, that's just how this life is. There's going to come a time where we're going to have to choose. But if we always remember our priority list, the choices that we make will help us moving forward all the time.
0: Definitely. and and you know just okay. speaking for myself, you know the way that you explained it brother Richie I thought. It's fantastic because when you go down that comparison, they're all mutually exclusive of one another, you know. Spending time with your family has not, nothing really necessarily to do with work. Going to work doesn't have anything necessarily to do with leisure or self-care, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the great thing about prioritizing God and, and our faith and, and making sure that we involve ourselves in the activities at, at church is that my family is there and that I'm having a great time spending time and volunteering time and worshiping God at church. And for those who are asking, well, what does it have to do with work? For myself, learning and growing as a person reflects directly with the way that I perform and the way that I act and the way that I advanced in my career Right. every moment of Advance and of every interview where I got hired was a direct result of the things that I learned and the character that I became and 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 the character that I was able to grow because of the teachings in the church.
3: Right. You know, if you will always have your priorities set, you will be one person. Like you, you will have that integrity. You're not going to live a double life. You're not going to be one way with certain people, another way with other people. You will just be you because it's already set in your mind it's when that's not set yet right. that you know there are those that are they're kind of finding their way they're kind of struggling with okay wh- who am i which one which one should i be and exactly. you know that's what we that's what we want to help everyone understand that god he's going to help you But you just got to make sure that he comes first. And when we say he comes first, all the instructions that he gave, you know, because he gives instructions for everything. He gives instructions how we should be with our families, how we should be at work, Mm -hmm. even in school uh, when we study. A lot of times there are some that are hesitant to take on so much because they feel. And when I say take on so much, specifically like a church office or a church duty, because they feel that I'm not going to be able to get to it. Right, right. I got too much stuff to do. You know, I I would hate for me to take it on and then it affects everything. Not realizing that taking that on is going to help you in everything that you have, because that is what is going to keep you moving forward. That's what's going to keep you straight. That's what, you know, w- when you take on more responsibilities in church, your office, you will keep hearing more of his words, which is going to always be the guide that you need when things are confusing. You know, you recall, okay, wait a second. What is it that, that I heard? What is it that I was taught? And use that in coming up with the decisions that one needs to make. There are many people that they're focused, right? They're focused on their goals. They got ambition, which is great. But there are times where they need to refocus. Like the focus is in the wrong place. That's why the Bible says, give God first place. Let him be first. You know, whatever he wants, watch what happens.
0: Definitely. Philip to what Brother Richie is saying, have you ever experienced where your colleagues, your coworkers are like, Wait a minute, you're you're spending time at church, but they're noticing it positively? Like, Oh wow, you actually spend time doing that and that's the reason why you're able to do so well. Yeah. I mean, a lot
1: of my classmates know that every Wednesday I have to leave early. I can't study with them because, you know, I have to perform for choir. And that Sundays, you know, I only have a certain amount of time in the afternoon or after the afternoon because I'm at church in the morning. And they kind of just see like, oh, wow, you're doing all of that, you know, in the midst of finals or whatever. And they're just, you know, they're just surprised that I'm still able to kind of keep up with everything, even with these other extracurricular
0: activities. Definitely. And Shannon, same for you. Any experiences where they're like, wait, you spend time at church, even though you have to do all this stuff?
2: Actually, my family has finally noticed, they're <laughs> not members, but they have finally noticed that um, since joining the church, my life has totally flipped and they've seen the change in me. And being able to have them see that in me is humbling because it sparks an interest about the teachings. It sparks, you know, right. their curiosity, like, what is she doing? How? Why, why right. is this church changing her life?
3: you know that that is that is a beautiful thing when they haven't heard anything right? Have they observed the worship service or attended a Bible study? No, no. So what's great about that is, you know, they haven't heard anything yet. And I know that there are many people that, of course, they desire their family members to listen, to hear what they heard so they could have, you know, the same opportunity to make the decisions based on the Bible. But just observing your progress, that makes them curious. What is it that, that, that is happening? Like what's happening over there? How come that I, I knew how you were before, you know, how, how is it that you, you change from this to that? And that is where you'll have the opportunity to honestly say, I'll tell you exactly, I'll show you, you right. know, just, just come with me, just listen.
0: A hundred percent to that point and to Shannon's <laughs> exactly. uh, experience, my dad, when I was 16, I wanted to become a choir member and I want to be involved in the different Christian family organizations. And he, he wasn't a member of the Church of Christ. And he said to me, you know, like, why are you spending all your time? You should be focused on school and work. You're spending way too much time at that church. And that was when I was 16. You know, and that was over 10 years ago. And, and now being able to, to be full time and devoting my life to the church, he saw a change. And he went from telling me, you shouldn't be spending, you know, more volunteering your time and, and efforts in church to watching everything that i've done on incmedia.org watching every episode of stories of faith listening to the heart and soul podcast every time we go on an assignment he's looking forward to the stories of what happened when we go and we come back and he eventually became a member of the church of christ so it, it really is to what shannon is saying it's a definitely to what brother richie is teaching us that prioritizing that and, and letting that be you know your actions speaking louder than your words it, it really 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 does not only help you as a person, but the people around you to kind of see that there's real value in putting God first.
3: Right. And that's why we really have to be careful in who we choose also to have in our lives, because right. as we know, it's very important to come up with a proper priority list. There are people in this world, they also have a priority list, but we don't know what's number one, two, three. You know, like we said, there's only 24 hours in a day. And there might be some that within their priority list, You know, leisure might be the biggest part, you know, maybe going to a bar that might be part of their priority list. And the Bible cautions us and tells us why we need to be careful on who we choose. Let me read that verse here in 1 Corinthians 15, 33 and 58, and we'll see what the advice of the Bible is. It says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So then, my dear friend, stand firm and steady keep busy always in your work for the Lord, since you know that nothing that you do in the Lord's service is ever useless. The advice is we have to be careful. It says, don't be misled. Bad company ruins good character. So we do have to choose, okay? Who is it that we that we have around us? Uh, if we want to move forward, let's make sure that no one around us corrupts that forward thinking. And how is it that we should spend our time? It says, stand firm, be steady, you know, from what we know, from what we've been taught, from what is written. And it says, keep busy always in your work for the Lord. That's why if we give more, if we're busy, always there, none of that time is ever going to be uh, wasted or useless. It says it's never useless. And uh, you know what we read earlier, it's actually going to be for our benefit because God is going to give us what we need.
0: And so I guess the next question as we come to the end of our show is, well, where am I going to find? the good company. Well, for our listeners who are not members of the Church of Christ, we encourage you go on our website, incmedia.org, and click places of worship. And there is a place of worship, a house of worship, somewhere where you'll be able to meet members of the Church of Christ and be in good company and be surrounded by those who are prioritizing God. We want to thank Philip and Shannon for coming on the show, despite their very busy schedules, to help us learn from their experiences and hopefully give motivation and hope for our listeners out there who are just trying to balance their own adult lives. We want to thank Brother Richie Watko most of all for providing spiritual guidance that has both a definitely spiritual but also a practical value in the things that we're trying to tackle in life. Thank you so much, Brother Richie. And thank you to our listeners. We invite you to learn more about the Church of Christ again by going to incmedia.org. We have many events and activities that are of benefit and value to you to provide solace and peace during our daily struggles, especially when we're in the worship services. Please follow our hashtag on Instagram, hashtag heartandsoulconversations to stay up to date with all things heart and soul. That's it from us today. Hope we were able to help. Hope we were able to connect and hope you'll join us next time ready to listen with all your heart and soul. Take care.